welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be here. I'm going to continue a message that I started last week, and uh, it's part two. And in the last week, we looked at the fact that when God looks at us, He sees something pretty amazing. He sees something a little bit unexpected to what we normally think. He looks down and sees something that we don't often realize. He looks down and he sees something that he calls a masterpiece. His workmanship. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Let's uh, have a reminder of the uh, scripture. It says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that amazing? We are His workmanship. He looks down and sees an absolute masterpiece. It's a word workmanship that also means masterpiece in the Greek. Isn't that amazing? He looks down and He sees you as His absolute masterpiece. It's incredible. Come on. It's, It's something to get excited about. I want all of you to... Shout out right now, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. Now look at the person next to you and say, you are God's masterpiece. Now do you believe it? Isn't that incredible? That's why we should all, like I said last week, look into the mirror and do a fonz and say, way, yeah, baby. That's what God does, I reckon. Okay, he looks down and says, Drew, hey. Danny, hey, Tone, hey, come on, that's what he does, and that's what we should do. When we look in that mirror, we should look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's pretty good, but I know that we don't. Often we don't. I know I look at myself sometimes, and I see fears, I see failures, I see things that you know, I wish wasn't there. I look at, look at the mirror, and I don't really go, eh, I just go, <laughs> really wish that person was a bit different, you know? But I think we do that because we focus on the wrong things. We don't focus on what God focuses on. We don't see what God sees. And I just want to remind us of this one crucial part of this teaching. Yes, God sees us as his masterpiece, but there's one very important reason why he does that. And uh, it's my favorite verse. It's uh, Colossians 3.3. I could live off this verse for the rest of my life. It simply says this, that we died as Christians. And our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. God sees you as his masterpiece because when he looks at you, he no longer sees you because your life is hidden with Christ in God. God sees you and he sees Jesus. That's why he can look at us and say, That's, there's my masterpiece. That's our position some of us know that, man, we're not, we're not masterpieces, we're not perfect, we've got things in our lives. And that's true, that's our condition, they're the things we need to work on. But when God looks at us, He says, that is my masterpiece. Because if you have confessed Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you have crossed from death to life, and now your life is hidden with Him in me. I no longer see you, your faults, your defects. I see the perfection and the masterpiece that is Jesus Christ. He takes your life away. He hides it. He does a, what I do with my kids. Like, this is your nose. I got your nose thing. He says, I got your life. Yeah. You can't see it anymore. No one else can see it. This is mine now. 
and I'm going to hide this for the rest of my life. I think that's an amazing, an amazing idea. God sees us as his workmanship, and I want us to remember that. It's, it's got to be based on that, not because we're perfect, not because we deserve to be called a masterpiece. I know that. It's because of the position that we have in Christ, because our lives are hidden with him. And so we looked at a few things uh, to try and understand the whole thing of masterpiece and um, looked at a few points about masterpieces. We looked at the fact that uh, a masterpiece needs to be developed. You know, there, there wasn't um, a statue didn't suddenly appear out of marble called David. You know, somebody had to chisel it and, and, and work at it. And uh, we're the same. God looks at our lives and says, no, that's got to go. He chisels things away from our lives. You know, the things that we know that need to go. It's a process. Every masterpiece needs to be, be developed. And you, as his masterpiece, also needs to be developed. We need to get rid of things like the anger, the hatred, the jealousy, the discord, the envy. All those things need to go. Something else about a masterpiece is that a masterpiece has a purpose. And you, as God's masterpiece, have a purpose as well. Masterpieces, you know, like the Great Wall of China was there to protect people. You know, you are here in God, saved by God for a purpose, for a reason. Something else about a masterpiece is that they're chosen. You're not mistake. You are chosen by God. He knew you before the foundations of the earth. He knew what he wanted to do in you and through you. You are his masterpiece, so you are also chosen. Now tonight, we're going to look at a few other things about masterpieces that I hope will help us understand. And one of them is this, that a masterpiece is also reflects its maker. Masterpieces reflect their maker. Now, this church put on a masterpiece on Friday. If you don't, if you don't know what that masterpiece was, it's called The Bloke. And it was an absolute masterpiece. And I tell you, that masterpiece reflected this church. It reflected the heart that this church had for men. It reflected the servant heart that this church has. It reflected the preoccupation this church has with wanting to be contemporary and relevant to this culture. It was a masterpiece that reflected this church. And that's what masterpieces do. They reflect their maker. My, my, my son, he loves to draw things. And it's amazing when I look at his pictures, you know, it's often a story, story of his life. You know, the picnics, uh, the, uh, the, the visits to the park and, and playing soccer. And, uh, you know, I looked at his one picture one day and it was his, him and his mum cooking. And it was so cool that it, they reflect his life. You know, another time I saw this picture of him crying. I'm there, what, what's, what's this one about, Lucas? And he goes, oh, that's you after you've given me a smack. It's like, oh, don't, don't show that to, to, to your teachers, please. I'll, I'll get arrested, you know. Um, it's like, he's got these wonderful stories of mom and dad. He's just all, you know, it's like, but that's his life. You know, and, and, that's, and he's the master of his little creation and his creation reflects it. And you, as God's masterpiece, are also created to reflect your creator. That's why you are called a masterpiece. And what a privilege that we reflect in some way God himself. That is amazing. No other part of his creation was ever called uh, 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 his image bearers. We are made in the image of God. I think that's an incredible privilege that we've got to remember. When you look in the mirror, remember that somehow, in some way, we are image bearers of God. We have been created in his image and likeness. God said, let us make man in our image. I mean, that's amazing. That's incredible that we are the image bearers of God. There's a scripture that I want to read to you that talks about that. Ephesians 4.13 says this, 
until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. How's that? That is incredible. We are going to one day attain the fullness of the measure of Christ. We're going to be just like Him. We're going to become exactly, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know how, how it all works, but I know that one day we are going to be just like Jesus. Now, I think that's, that, that's pretty exciting. I know when I first became a Christian, I thought that the whole Christian thing was about me. I got sold out for the whole prosperity gospel thing. I thought, oh yeah, you know, I've given my life to Jesus, enhance my life. You know, I'll, I'll take the blessing. I'll take the promises. You know, I'll take all the things that go with it. But then I realized this very important feature about Christianity. I also realized that, yes, I signed up for the good stuff, for the blessings, but I also signed up for this one little, little thing, that I now signed up to become just like Jesus. That's the tough part. That's the difficult part. But that's why we're masterpieces, because that's what God is creating. He has created us to bear His image, and to do that, we need to become like Jesus. That is incredible. We, we have been chiseled day by day to become just like Jesus. That is our destiny. I tell you, God will put things in your life. God will remove things from your life. God is a jealous God. He won't share His glory with anybody else or His purposes. And until we decide that this is why I'm here, I tell you, things will be put in our lives. We'll call Him trials. We'll call Him sufferances. We'll call Him whatever. But what it is, is God loving us and God making sure that we stay within our purpose of becoming like Him. A masterpiece reflects its maker. And us, as his masterpieces, will, whether we like it or not, he'll have his way. We can, do, we can go quietly or we can go screaming. I love what Ben was sharing earlier on at a meeting that so many of us, you know, we get, we get taken, yes, to Jesus eventually, but a lot of us just go kicking and screaming, scratching at the walls. It's true. But I tell you, whether we scratch at the walls or whether we go willingly, He loves us so much. He's committed so much to us and so faithful and committed to His own purposes that I tell you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen because He's committed to completing the masterpiece which He begun in you, which is to turn you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Something else about a masterpiece is this. So a masterpiece is put on display. A masterpiece is made to be put on display. We had a few masterpieces here on, fr on Friday night. I'm not into cars, but they must have been masterpieces because uh, they were there and so many blokes were drooling about, about them and talking about them and almost worshipping them. And I, I tried to be a bloke in that sense as well. I'm there, oh yeah, 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 that's a fantastic, great, great year. I don't know, a great model. And, you know, I like bikes. I, I worship the Harley. That's, that's, that's different. I, I, I'm into bikes. I'll worship that. But there were a few masterpieces in display that night. We had those gorgeous girls serving us. We had the athletes, Toff and, and Andy, although they were more like, more like Picassos than anything else. But, you know, they were masterpieces. And they were there. They, they, they were on display. But, that, but that's what masterpieces do. They are there to be displayed. Last night, we, we, had, we had a late night because my daughter thinks she can sing and dance. Uh, she's under this delusion that she's a wonderful singer and dancer. She goes and works out all these little dances and moves and she comes to show us and she goes, I just, just got one more. Comes back and it's exactly like the one that we just saw. And I got another one. Comes back, you know, I was like, oh, 
So we see 10 dancers, exactly the same. But she has created this thing. And I tell you what, they're her masterpieces and she doesn't want to keep them to herself. She wants to display them. She wants to show them off. God wants to show you off. He wants to put you in display. He is a doting dad. If you hang around with me for more than five seconds, I'm putting out pictures of my children because I love it, because I want to put him in display. God is your dad. He's your heavenly father. He doesn't want to hide you. He doesn't want you to hide yourself. He wants to put you on display as well everywhere you go because you are his masterpiece, because he's proud of you. He's doing an awesome work in you and through you. And he needs to put you in display wherever you go as his incredible masterpieces. Matthew 5, 15, 16 says this, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. As his masterpieces don't hide, you were created, you were saved, you were healed, you were redeemed, you were delivered, that God might display his incredible goodness. All the blessing that he has lavished upon us needs to be displayed. That's why you've received. Freely we've received, freely we need to show it. Freely we need to give it. We've got neighbours that they are absolutely obsessed with Christmas lights. And they, they talk about it, they, they plan it, they structure it, you know, they polish you know, the toys, the, these, the, the reindeers, and they, they go through painstaking effort to get this thing organised. Can you imagine if Christmas came and I went, yeah, it's all set up, it's all done. Here we go, you ready? Oh, no, nah, maybe not. Maybe not this year. I just, we'll, just, we'll just leave them off this year. Just let them go. That might not be very good. You know, others may be better. Others might, you know, this might not look as good as them. And uh, what if something goes wrong? What if something blows up? You know, what, what, if, what if the reindeer falls over? What if Father Christmas blows up? <laughs> but I reckon that that's what many of us do. We've received so much from God and we worry. We worry until, or maybe a little bit more, maybe till I'm good enough. Or maybe I need to be a little bit more spiritual or, or not a little bit more theology. Or you know, maybe I need to be you know, just a little bit more friendly. I don't know. They may be things that we need to work on in our lives. I'm for all that. But we don't have to wait. And we shouldn't wait until we think we're good enough to be put in display. Wherever you're at, if you've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you have something of Him in you that He wants to display to the world. You have received something. If nothing else, you've received this conviction that you needed to give your life over to Him, that where you were going wasn't the right way and that you needed to turn to God and surrender your life to Him. If you've got that, that is enough. God can use that. God can use that and God wants to use that. There's no such thing as an undercover Christian, which was say in the 90s. Remember that? I don't know. Some of this. I've discovered that, you know, I used to like see all these things, see all these things saying, I would never say that. It's almost like parenting. I would never. That's just like weird. I just, no, I just say it all the time. <laughs> so, no, I, just, I preach it and talk, talk to people. Anyway, so back to it. As is masterpieces, you weren't created to be hidden away. You were created by God. That's why. That's why you can look down and say, that's my masterpiece. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to hide. I want to put this in display. I saw this display of the Mona Lisa a couple of weeks ago, and it was really weird. Um, it was in a room. Uh, you could only see it like if you were like 20 meters away from it. 
and uh, had all these glass things over it and these lights and security guards. Literally, you walked in and it was just like, oh, gee, there it is at a, at a distance. And, I, and I'm thinking, man, that's, that's what I reckon some of us are like sometimes. You know, we know that, we know we've got something in us. We know we've got Jesus in us. We know we've got the Spirit of God in us. You know, we know that we know His Word, but man, we just stay away from people. You know, but we need, to, we need a revelation that, no, we need to be, it doesn't matter. If we don't think we're good enough, good looking enough, clever enough, it doesn't matter. There is something in all of us that God can use that as His masterpiece, He can use to display, ultimately to display what He's done. Ultimately to display His incredible love, His goodness, His grace, His restoring power, His healing, and everything that He's done for us. So don't forget, he, you are His masterpiece. But as His masterpiece, don't forget, He wants to put you in display. Something else about masterpieces is this. A masterpiece doesn't choose what it should be. Masterpieces have absolutely no say in what to become. There's, a, there's, a, there's an artist, there's a, there's a creator, and the creator decides this is what it's going to be. A songwriter decides what the song is going to be. A painter decides what this paint is going to be. Can you imagine the Mona Lisa sitting there? With that stupid smile. Oh, no, I shouldn't say stupid. So I'm not an artist. I don't, that, what did I say? That mystic smile. Just just standing there going, I hate being a painter. I wish I was a statue. Like, like David, I'm sick of this. I don't want to just stand here. And this is, well, how boring. Just just stand here. And I'm just like, weird smile. And people say, it's really cool. I'm sick of this. Why can't I be a statue like that? Oh, look at that, look at that Harley over there. I wish I was a Harley. I wish I, I'm going fast and people would ride me and be, I'd get taken to blokes nights. How cool would that be? That would be fantastic. You know? And it's like, I want to get out of this. You know? But I tell you, we're the same as well. God, we have no say in who we were created to be. God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you. Don't look around. If you believe His Word, and if you believe that you're his masterpiece, don't look around to other people's talents, abilities, calling, gifting, whatever. Have a look at God, what God has planned for you, what he's created you to be. Be comfortable in that. Rejoice in that. Celebrate it. Otherwise, you're going to look as silly as the Mona Lisa trying to be the statue of David. That would look pretty silly. It just, it just, it just won't work. That thing was created to be a beautiful painting and that was it. Nothing else. But we do the same. And we need to remember and just be comfortable in who we are and just relax in the fact that, look, I'll trust that God is creating the right masterpiece through me. Romans 9.20 says this. I love this, this verse. It's, I think this is really challenging. But who are you, O oh man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me like this? I want to be a statue. And there's David going, I wish I was a painting. <laughs> this is very vulnerable to be like this. For <laughs> why, why do I have to be armless? And then why? Why? I wish I'd been a painting that had just been painted from the waist up. You've got it all, Mona Lisa. You've got it all. You don't know what I go through. <laughs> On a roll. Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay, some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? Doesn't the maker, your maker, have the right to say, I'm going to give you this and this is who you are and this is what you are? Stop whinging about it. 
And I'm going to give this person what you think is so wonderful, but you don't know what that person goes through. All right, so just relax. Just relax. I'm your master. I'm your creator. You're my masterpiece, but just, just take it, man. Just take it. Relax. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much you envy, how much you covet. You know, it's not going to help you. You won't get there anyway. So just take it. Just relax. Find out who you are. Find out what your calling is. And forget the striving. Forget the laboring. Forget the pleading and the crying. Forget the jealousy and say, you're my master. You're my creator. God, have your way. Whatever that may be. Wherever you want to put me. I'm comfortable with that. I'm happy with that. I rejoice in that. And even more, I thank you for it, Lord. That you, would, you, you should choose to to make me and make me like this, whatever my faults, whatever my, 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 my failures may be. I, there's a, I'm a high school teacher, excuse me. I'm a high school teacher and uh, there's a, um, thank you, was that a bit of support or was that a, uh, I hate saying that because you guys never support me. I say I'm a high school teacher. I don't even teach you. <laughs> oh gee, it doesn't matter. Mm, it's a tough gig. No one saw what? <laughs> and I haven't taught anyone anything either. But anyway, and um, there's this line, this classic line, uh, there's a, te- it's a teacher line. Uh, you probably hear it in other parts, other, other areas as well. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you set your mind to do. Now, I know that it sound, that sounds, well, what's wrong with that? You know, we're encouraging people. I have a slight problem with that. Just, just a little one. I'll be nice about it. I have a slight problem with that because I think it almost sounds boastful. It almost sounds self-sufficient. It almost leaves God out of the picture. I don't think, and I'll be honest, I don't think that I can do whatever I want. I don't think I can do whatever I set my mind to do. If I wanted to be a brain surgeon, I would have been in jail by now because these hands are useless. I would have slaughtered, I would have... I would have severed so many brains by now, it wouldn't be funny. There's no way that I would have made it. Because seriously, these are the most useless hands. I I destroy, I don't create, I destroy things with these things. I I cannot do anything. It doesn't matter how much I put my mind to it. It doesn't matter how much, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. You know, it doesn't matter how much I tried. I couldn't have done it. It doesn't matter how much I tried to be a singer. There's no way because people just don't appreciate real talent. And so there's just no way that I should have pursued that or could have pursued it. That's why we get so many of those, you know, idle rejects. They get up and say, yeah, I can sing. Watch this. And that was K-San, you know. Yeah, I can. You know, that's why we get them and we laugh at them because they didn't have somebody in their lives that loved them enough to say, you stink. You really do. Dude. You know, take up, take up, take up boxing. You know, take up anything else, but just don't sing. And I tell you, we 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 do, we do the same thing. I I think I think it's it's I think it's far more accurate. Just put it this way, I think it's far more accurate to say you can do whatever God has called you to do. I think there's a slight difference in that, and I and I get in trouble because. You know, someone says to me, oh, look, I get in trouble at, at, in my work because, you know, people have been encouraged to do this or achieve that. And they come to me and, and you know, and I say to them, I don't, I don't see you being able to do that. And I go, why not? 
why? I just don't think you're wired like that. I just don't think, I think, I think your gifts lay somewhere else. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how much you get told that you, it doesn't matter how much you put your mind to it, you'll never be able to achieve that. I'm sorry, but you won't. You know, I think it's, I think it's far more real. I think it's far more reflective of our faith in God to go, go, get before him and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What is my plan? What is the plan and purpose that you have for me? And when I find out, when I realise what it is that you want me to do, then I know that I can achieve it. Then I know that if I pursue that and throw my life and myself into that, then I know that I will be able to realise it. I wouldn't want anyone, if, if, if you know your calling and if your calling, whatever that may be, has been, has been ratified and you know that that's different, let's encourage each other and say, yeah, go for it. Let's put wind beneath our wings, all that kind of stuff. However... <laughs> I'm not going to break into a song, okay? I promise. But I could. I could, prove, I could actually prove you all wrong right now. Yeah. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a message to preach. No, not tonight. No. <laughs> one, day, one day you're going to do that and you're going to regret it. I, I tell you, I'm... I'm going to be feeling a lot, anyway, because I can't, I can't contradict myself. I'm talking about not to, you know, do the things that you shouldn't be, anyway. So stop, stop, stop the self-sufficiency. Stop the, the, the boasting and just say, God, you're the maker. You're the creator. What have, you, what have you created me to do? I'm going to stop looking elsewhere. I'm going to stop looking at other people. I'm going to stop envying. I'm going to stop being jealous. And I'm going to say, Lord, your will be done. What is it that you want to achieve in me and through me? As his incredible workmanship, as his incredible masterpieces, let's just submit and stop arguing with him and say, God, your will be done. Whatever it is that you want to turn me into, that's what I'll be. That's why he's able to call us his incredible masterpieces. Something else about a masterpiece is that a masterpiece is normally bought at an incredible price. A masterpiece can cost a heck of a lot. I've got a couple of little stats here that I'll just share with you. There's a painting, I don't, it doesn't even have a name. That's how weird paintings are. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Number Five. It's called Number Five, 1940. Anyone know what I'm talking about? No? And seriously, it, it just, it's just, it just blotches up and blotches up and blotches. Anyway, that is Number Five is the most expensive painting in the world that's ever been purchased. And it was bought at a cool $140 million. It's an incredible price. That's 140 mil for a painting. The most expensive car, I can't even pronounce, I'm not even to cars. It's a Bugatti Royale. Thank you. Bought at a cool $8.4 million. That's just crazy. The most expensive soccer player in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo. $230 million. Your salvation. The blood of Jesus Christ. If you ever thought that you were a masterpiece, I mean, come on. You've just got to look at the price that was paid for you. 
the blood of God himself. Man, that's, there's no greater price to pay. You, you can't pay for anything with anything greater than your own life. And that's the price that was paid for each and every one of us. Forget the mills. Forget the bills. Forget anything else. This is an awesome price. If you, if you know this, if we, if we understood this, if we made that revelation and conviction, I tell you, it's, I, I think it just, it just changes us. At the very least, I think it can revolutionize the way we live and see ourselves and portray ourselves. But if we just realize that despite what we truly are, which was the foundation of this teaching at the start, despite our actual real condition, despite all that, God, in his sovereignty, looked down upon us and said, I'm going to create something awesome out of this. I'm, does, I don't care about the failures. I don't care about the sin. I don't care about all these things. I'm going to do something about those things. And I'm going through my spirit, make sure that this person comes to repentance. However, I don't care how this person is right now. What I care is how I'm going to, what I'm going to turn this person into. And to do that, I'm going to buy this masterpiece with my blood. I'm going to live and die. I'm going to leave heaven. I'm going to become a man in Jesus Christ. I'm going to live a sinless life. I'm going to go on a cross. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to be spat upon. I'm going to be whipped. I'm going to bleed and I'm going to die for the masterpieces that I'm trying to create. That's unbelievable. That's why God is able to look down on us and say, they are my workmanship. They are my incredible, incredible workmanship. If you've got your Bibles... Could you please turn to Colossians 1.15? Start it with the fact that God is in the business of creating us to become like Jesus. That's the foundation of our teaching. That's the beginning of our teaching, that we are created to be like Jesus. And I want to finish with just a an incredible description of who Jesus is, an incredible insight into the nature of Christ. And as you read this, I want you to think about the fact that this is what we are being turned into. Little by little, chisel by chisel, moment by moment, failure by failure, Sufferance by sufferance, triumph by triumph, whatever the experience is, this is the journey that we're on to becoming just like this incredible, incredible Savior. Sorry, did I say Colossians? Yes, I got the wrong scripture here. I want to make sure that I read it properly. Colossians 1.15 says this. Here is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. The incredible supremacy of Jesus Christ. And here's the incredible thing. You thought that was pretty good. Again, I don't think anybody knows how, but there is an incredible promise here in the Word of God that one day when we see Him, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Him. And that's our destination. That's our purpose. And that's the main message of this little sermon tonight. That we are His masterpieces. Not because we deserve to be called masterpieces, but we are His masterpieces because of who we are being turned into. And we just need to submit and say, Lord, have your way. Go for it. Can I pray for us? And uh, I'll just hand back to Tone. And then we'll continue. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your incredible word. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your amazing plans, your amazing purposes, Lord. Only an incredible God like you could have even thought about such an incredible plan, such an incredible purpose for your amazing creation. Lord, I pray that tonight, as a result of your word, that Lord, you would birth strength, courage, conviction, Lord, even repentance where we need to repent of bad attitude, incorrect thinking. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, that the next time we look in the mirror, Lord, we stop seeing ourselves. We stop being preoccupied with our circumstance, with our thoughts, with our desires, with our own hopes. I pray, Lord, that when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we begin to see the outcome. We begin to see the final result which is your incredible image, which is the image of your incredible Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, O God, that that would give us courage, that that would inspire us, that that would lead us, O God, and that in turn we would be able to say, Lord, we are your masterpieces in light of what you want to do in us and through us. And I pray that you would be able to use us, Father, for the glory of your name and for the extension of your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.